The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Femlore. Welcome to Femlore. I'm Rachel Marr. And I'm Mindy Scott. And hey, we're going to tell you a story today. So hold on to your butts. <laughs> You've seen that movie. Oh, that Jurassic movie. Park. I can't n- not watch it. Is that an appropriate? I, honestly, <laughs> if it's on TV, I'm watching it. I mean, come on. And it's on right? TV a lot. Men die, women rule the world. It's great. Great movie. Great movie. The original. Original, yes. Not the not the recent. So I think men this week is my week. Yes. Because you didn't prepare a story. So if it was your week, this would be awkward, right? I could make something up. Oh really? Like a whole story? Actually you probably like I'm I'm saying that like kind of patronizing. Maybe we should do that one week. Yeah, I think we should. That's kind this of This is just move. what's in Mindy's brain. <laughs> now that's a real hold on to your butts moment. <laughs> hold on to your butts. um well yes i did prepare though lucky for you us well you know what rachel f your fairy tale (laughs) can i just say that i haven't even heard it but f your fairy tale wonderful and you might like it i'm just kidding but i would like to give ourselves a plug for our social media yes do it to find us at femlore podcast on instagram and also we would encourage you to use the hashtag femlore podcast or F your fairy tale, E F F your fairy tale. Because this is a family show. Yeah. yeah. And just tell us about those times where, you know, maybe you are reflecting on a story and you're thinking about, man, I loved this when I was little, but I now see how problematic it is. Or just something happens in your life and someone shares an anecdote that you realize is actually really degrading. Just connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. We like it when people say hi. We do. Um, okay, so I have to say, you know how like all those, uh, you know, like podcasts, they pair with uh, alcohol. We have alcohol, but we've supplied that ourselves. So we're going to pair, we're going to pair this story with a charity because that's, you know, women, right? Am I right? Empowered women, empower women. Yeah, I like right. it. I've seen that, but I like it even better when you say it. Um, okay, so the charity that pairs well with this story. Well, what's the story? I Oh, I'm just so excited. I want to surprise you. Okay, let's hear about the charity first. So the charity, this uh, this story pairs well with the notes of giving hope to women when it comes to cervical cancer. Did you know that cervical cancer is 100% preventable? Did you know that, men? I did not 100% by the way. Yeah. And did you know that women of color in Chicago are 85 times more likely to die of a completely preventable disease? Just in Chicago? Yes, 85 times higher. Yep. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So let's just real quick say you should always get screened annually, no matter who you are. But as a woman, make sure to get screened annually. But second, you guys, everybody should check out Equal Hope, a nonprofit that is working to end the disparity in Chicago. And um, that's where I donated my money this week. So the point is that if you get regular screenings and you are... Um, and you get those early and you get those often, then you're more likely to prevent cervical cancer, which a lot of it is caused by HPV. A lot of women are infected. So you just want to make sure you're getting screened. And isn't HPV, women can't get it unless 
they've encountered a man, right? Like men are the carriers of it? Men can be the carriers of it. Women um, typically do get it. That's correct. So, uh, but a lot of times it's dormant in men. So they have no idea that they have it. That's right. That's mm-hmm. what I had heard before. Mm-hmm. And now, do you have any more information? You were saying that um, African-American women are much higher of getting it. Do you know why that is? Or? It's, not, it's not about getting it. It's about prevent. So they don't get, it, it's not screened as regularly for that group because of healthcare and all those other issues. Come on, Democrats 2020. But yeah, so the point is that if you are a woman, um, after 21, you should get screened pretty regularly if you weren't able to get that HPV vaccine. So between those two, please, please make sure you're getting checked and uh, make sure that you, um, if you can get that vaccine, if you know younger women, definitely have them get that vaccine. And then um, just make sure you're getting screened. Yeah, It's very important. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not you know it's still cancer so it's hard but you are able to we we can cure it when it's early so make sure you're getting screened it's very important that's great yeah so uh, going off of that I'm going to tell you the story men today of Swan Lake ooh do you know the story you know I haven't heard it in so long I'm really excited to hear what you have for me well there's a 1994 animated film uh, called The Swan Princess. Maybe you've heard of it. Yes. It was actually pretty good. I watched it recently. Pretty good. But um, this one I'm taking from the ballet that was actually um, premiered on March 4th, 1877, and it's by Tchaikovsky. So the original for Swan Lake, you will be able to view in our show notes after this episode. So um, the most important thing is that, uh, Mindy, you know it premiered on March 4th, because if it was like March 3rd, it wouldn't be the same, right? Very important detail. Very important detail. Okay, so this is my retelling. Again, it's from that original ballet. So I, I took some Have liberties. you ever been to the ballet? I have, actually. And, 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 weird story. When I went, this young girl was getting yelled at for eating M&Ms during the play. She was like eight, and this guy was like, you don't know what the ballet means. And he was yelling. Well, let me just say... I didn't know what the ballet means. It's Did you eat M&Ms during the ballet? Was that you? <laughs> I did not look like an eight-year-old girl. No, no I mean, I was probably 10, 10 or 12. I don't know. I, I was do love too. me some M&Ms. But I was going to say, I recently went to the ballet. It was beautiful. I can see the athleticism and the grace. But I think I was expecting more music. And there was just lots of... Uh, percussion <laughs> no lots of just ballet slippers flapping against oh, the stage <laughs> so there was no music so screw the m&ms all i could hear was that but there was some music it just wasn't as like loud and moving as i think yeah i wanted there... like a a rock ballet you know maybe just throw this out there you take reese's pieces into your next performance and you just like maybe, maybe... go on tempo eating those what about pop rocks <sighs> Then they kind of like sparkle, like, what's the word? Not sparkle. That might jazz up the ballet. (laughs) Anyways, okay, you've got a great story. I digress. Okay. Um, So Swan Lake, here we go. Tchaikovsky, let's go. Okay. You must marry. The queen's face turned red from anger. Siegfried stood his ground. I will only marry for love, mother, and that is final. With that, he stormed off. He needed to take some time. Perhaps hunting would help. He grabbed his crossbow and saddled up his horse. Off he went, ready to find something to shoot. As he was riding, he saw a flock of swans from the corner of his eye and decided one of them might look good on his wall. 
so he followed the unsuspecting flock. He had to hurry. It was getting dark. He raised his crossbow, and as he was going to take a shot, the swan landed on a lake and was instantly transformed into a beautiful woman. She was the most beautiful thing that he had ever seen. He stood still so as not to scare her. They stared at each other for a long moment, neither of them sure of what to say. I'm Siegfried, he said finally. He took a step forward and the beautiful woman stepped back, alarmed. He looked down at the crossbow in his hand and in one motion he broke it in half. I mean you no harm. He spoke slow. He was crouching so as not to show his full height. The woman looked at him and in the most beautiful voice said, I am Odette. Odette, what a beautiful name. He smiled, but he would not move a muscle. He didn't want to frighten her away. Thank you. It is my human name, though most of the time my maids and I are cursed to be swans. Siegfried could see now that the other swans were transforming into women as they touched the lake. They were all breathtaking, though Odette was in a class all of her own. How did this happen to you? Siegfried normally would not have been so presumptuous, but his curiosity got the better of him. I was cursed by an evil sorcerer named Rothbart. My mother made this lake, you know. Her tears filled it. And so, when we land on this lake, when the night falls, we can turn back into our former selves. He realized that she wanted him to sit next to her. So he sat and looked over the gorgeous lake, the moonlight shimmering in tiny waves. They sat there for a while, taking in the lake and enjoying each other's company, neither wanting to speak, but just to sit close to one another. Suddenly, in a flash, a sorcerer appeared. Siegfried, seeing a man appear out of thin air, immediately concluded that it was the evil Rothbart. Wasting no time, Siegfried lunged at Rothbart, and instead of moving out of the way, Rothbart smiled wide as Siegfried closed his hands around the scoundrel's throat. Siegfried heard Odette scream behind him. No, please, she yelled. If he dies, there's no way to reverse the curse. Rothbart was smiling even wider now. Reluctantly, Siegfried let go of Rothbart's throat. I shall see you very soon, princess, Rothbart said as he disappeared. Once he was gone, Siegfried was struck with the need to protect Odette. I promise, before I die, I will rid you of this curse, Odette. And Siegfried meant every word. But the sun was rising, and Odette could wait no longer. I must go, she said in a sad voice. And just like that, she was transformed into a swan and rejoined the others. The next day was the day of a large ball, and the prince was to be the guest of honor. His mother, the queen, wanted nothing more than her only son to marry, and this ball was to be her thinly-veiled attempt to get her son a wife. Rothbart, knowing that Siegfried was to have this ball, transformed his own daughter to look exactly like Odette. And so, when they came to the ball, the prince was getting introduced to many princesses, but his eyes soon fell on the imposter. He instantly made his way to her. Was this possible? He was so excited to see her. Unfortunately, the real Odette was also in attendance, though as a swan. She saw the prince fall for the imposter from one of the palace gardens. She saw Siegfried dancing with the faux Odette. Odette had to warn him. She tried and tried, but it was in vain. The night progressed, and it was not long until the prince proclaimed his love for the imposter. Rothbart, pleased, showed a vision of Odette on the lake. She looked so sad, and Siegfried understood instantly that he had made a mistake. He rushed out into the hall to meet Odette by the lake, but it was too late. She was doomed to remain a swan forever. Instead of accepting her fate, she decided that she would rather die. Siegfried, determined to never part from Odette, also decided that he too would jump into the lake where they could be together forever. 
The spell was broken, and all of Odette's maidens watched as Odette and Siegfried ascended into heaven, no longer kept apart by Rothbard. The end. Okay. I have so many issues. Yeah. I actually think this isn't that bad of a story. I will just say... You don't? <laughs> at least Odette has some, like... Like, she she takes her fate into her own hands, and she's like, fuck that, I'm gonna die. Like, she has, like, a... She she takes the situation and has some repercussions. Like, she can make some decisions. But can she? I mean, h- how point. many men are coming along and even talking to her? How many... Like, is it just the thing where, like, you know, sometimes women settle because of your circumstance because of what you're in like that's what it's making me think well my question is did she want Siegfried to come with her like she was already gonna do that and he's like hey I'm coming along and she's like "Mm, okay great like I was gonna go see this movie anyway so I guess we can go together but yeah it feels like they're kind of in a fight and then all of a sudden he does this thing you know because she's betrayed Mm -hmm. and then he just like I think that part of it is strange because that makes us think that their bond is strong enough where they're going to have this eternal love in heaven. They only met for one night. He fell in love with her because she was beautiful and had a pretty voice. They knew nothing about each other, and now they're together forever. (laughs) Poor Odette. (laughs) Well, can I also say what I find very entertaining about this, like, um, like this romantic love is I actually think it's a little easier than real love. You know, real love is like somebody's gonna get yelled at somebody's gonna yell at somebody else for not doing the dishes, right? That's real love. You know what I mean? Like this this romantic love is so easy because nobody is pooping in that second bathroom and somebody else has to hear it. You know what I mean? Like it feels very like uh surface. Fake. Fake. Fake love. It's fake love. Yeah. And I feel like it's like if would Romeo and Juliet have ended up together? Probably not because Romeo was a fucking dog. He already liked Rosalind. Then he's like, oh, Julia, and now they're like in love and they die together. Like if what if she had like ended up with him and she's a teen mom and she's like, fuck this shit. I'm very tired. Right. I think it's similar to when you're 14 and Mm -hmm. maybe falling in love and, you know, JTT, Devin Sawa, those were the teenage heartthrobs of our years. And and you said something about like, oh, you know, that love like young love can feel whatever, but it, I think it's because it's fake and you fill in what you want it to be. It's not real. That's same with the fairy tale. Same with, that's why we're here today, you know, talking about these things, those, um, stories that were told. And honestly, I have to say, I think growing up and, um, loving fairy tales, loving all those things. I think I really did have fairy tale syndrome as far as like, what is a relationship? Like, how do you deal with it when you're like, man, I've done the dishes for a freaking year. Like is somebody, you know, whatever it is. So you have to be able to have and experience real love because that shit's fake. Mm -hmm. It's never going to work. You know what? I bet he didn't love her when she didn't have her makeup on. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's yeah. real love. He's Waking totally up in the that morning, kind of guy. Like drool on your face. Guy, your husband looks at you and is like, you're beautiful. And you're like, you know, you're full of shit, but I appreciate it. You know, that is appreciation. I love you so much. Right. It's like loving, loving the other person, man or woman, 
in spite of their worst qualities. And every fairy tale, this one specifically, doesn't feel like it gets there. And I think we have, as a culture, a very romantic view of love, um, but it doesn't take into account that hard work. It's just, I mean, yeah, speaking of that, our culture, we do that with so many things. It's social media, whatever, you know, nobody's posting a picture of dirty dishes and saying, my partner didn't do the dishes yet again. You know, like it's people post the good, happy stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what's happening here. And, and, you know, maybe that's part of how and why they try to simplify things like, oh, he just, he saw her. She was beautiful. They fell in love. I have never heard a friend of mine tell me, I met a man. He was beautiful. I fell in love. I met a woman. She was beautiful. I fell in love. That's just, that's not enough. No, it's definitely not. And what is beauty? You know, everybody likes something different. Everybody, I, um, yeah, sorry, kind of sidebar here, but I, for years, and I still occasionally on the side do hair and makeup for weddings, and through- You did mine. You did my makeup for my wedding, and it was awesome. Anyway, go ahead. I did, and you looked beautiful. It was a pleasure because of my makeup ar- artist. That's why. No, you're beautiful with or without <laughs> makeup. But what I found through that process that was so interesting, it really opened my eyes to learning not to judge what love is to other people, because sometimes there would be I. I guess no offense if you're in this kind of relationship, but we've all heard of gold diggers. And sometimes I would get someone who the woman was a lot younger than the man, huge diamond, lots of money to spend. You would maybe make certain assumptions, but through getting to know them and working with them in the wedding, at least in my experience, I was I was very lucky in getting to know a lot of the couples. But what I would learn along the way is people need something different. And my version of love and what I need is different because I don't need someone who can provide a house or stability or certain things. And some people just want that. Love is not always about need, but you as a person, how are you wired and what do you need in a partnership is very different. And I think, I don't know, this story that you just told is so far from that because it's just so surface level and in my personal opinion, and doing lots of weddings, I've never done, like, I guess I'm trying to imagine. But you've never done a swan wedding? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I've not done a swan wedding. I also haven't done a wedding where the people met the night before. Like, imagine if that really had been the Odette. They would have just gone off and gotten married, known each other two days. I'm going to put my cards on black. I'm going to put them on divorce. It's probably not going to work out. If she had that option. I will say something very... Do you want to hear this thing that I heard? I can't even remember where it's from, but I'm just going to say it. I heard this... It was like this podcast about love, which was... You know, I listen to podcasts, obviously. We have a podcast. But it was interviewing these two people who have the longest relationship. Like, they're the oldest... Uh, living married couple. And one of the NPR reporters went up to the, the both of them and was like, what is the secret to a long relationship? So what they said was, you don't fall in love out, you, sorry, you don't fall out of love at the same time. That's the secret to a long marriage. And I was like, damn, that is really real. Like, if you think about that, yeah. 
<laughs> your face just contorted <laughs> in a very sad way. Like, oh, too real. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, so true. I, yeah. You don't fall out of love at the same time. Yeah, someone's got to be there still fighting for it. Yep, when you're ready to just... More so what I was thinking (laughs) when you said this. (laughs) This is embarrassing, but... um, We're all about embarrassing here. In my relationship, I am the one who... I have lots of emotions, lots... I'm much more easily excited or wound up than my husband. And so I'm just thinking, I'm like... I'm really glad he's so even keeled. Not that I have never fallen out of love with him, but I've been a real pain in the ass. I've been a real crazy person. And I guess it just makes like, you know, what leads up to that? And yeah, I'm glad that we have our own kind of balance. And maybe that's, you know, maybe it's slightly different for everyone. But Mm -hmm. whatever that balance is, you kind of have to find your own. Yeah, that balance is love. (laughs) <laughs> it is but you see like i feel like that's so real because it's not like oh she was pretty so we just thought she had to the other right like kind of creepy like i don't know and if he wasn't attractive would she be like into him is she even into him by is, the way is he attractive do we even know we don't know he probably isn't because you know it's kind of inbred when you're royalty right well the other thing is I mean, I think that they put this in the story to more so show that she's like meek and a lady. But there was a part where it was like he stepped forward and she shuddered or something like was she shuddering because he was like hit like he was ugly as like <laughs> we don't know why she Dude, shuddered. Rose. <laughs> she's like she's like, hey, where uh, who's what other guys, you you know, can I meet a friend like maybe she like befriended him and was like, maybe somebody else can do for me. Yeah, I think something else that's on my mind is how you were saying, like, did she even invite him to go with her? Like, she did not. And I think it's interesting because I personally think it would be kind of badass to be able to be like a swan during the day and then like change back into being a human. Like, it's kind of it makes me think of those questions where people will say, like, if you could be any animal, what would you be? Or if you could have any superpower or something. I think the power of flight would be amazing. And that's something that a lot of people choose. And the fact that she could be like, especially what was the year that you said this was 18 something? 1877. 1877. Could you imagine? Okay. So if you think of migration of swans, although no, where I'm going with this doesn't make sense because they only turn (laughs) back. I'm sorry. Are you going to tell us about 1877 swan migration? (laughs) No. (laughs) I was going to say. Can you please tell us about the year of 1877 and swan migration? (laughs) The year is 1877. (laughs) Imagine you are a swan. (laughs) Climate change has not begun the swans are happy uh no what i was gonna say is back then travel was not as easy travel was not something and to me i love travel i love learning about other cultures and just thinking about the process you know i mean i guess i was overlooking the fact that they only turned back into women in this one magical lake um but she she and her maids would have had the ability to see the world 
so much easier and faster than anyone else. But they're sad about their state. And I think that is very interesting, right? Like, I don't know, maybe it gets, you know what, it's kind of like work travel. Let me tell you where I'm going with this. Because it seems great, right? Like I get to go to California next week. And I'm very excited because I will no longer be in the Chicago winter. Not that I don't love Chicago, but that is one thing that I hate. So it's fine to travel, but like also it's exhausting. You know, I feel like their swan is their work travel. I concur. (laughs) You're traveling all the time. You're trying to make sure that, uh, you know, you remembered your ID through all of this. I'm just saying, I get it. Swan, Swan is like, Swan is my work travel, which like, it's not fun. Yes. I feel you on that. It, there's a lot involved. You look like you want to say something else. I just, yeah, I, I think I was trying to find a beautiful segue back to the lake and I didn't have one. So I'm just going to take us there. Okay. Yes. A lake filled with her yes. mother's tears. You're there. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So I have two ideas on this, right? The first idea is like, okay, her mom is helping the situation, right? She has some input. She's able to change the situation by giving her a lake filled with her tears. But it also feels like, oh, you know what women do? They cry, right? Like, I don't love that. It's kind of funny because I really don't love that either, but I cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I have emotions. I feel like men do too. They're just not allowed to show them. I will say. I 100% agree, but... Hallelujah that I am a woman who was trained to cry and I'm able to because you know what? Sometimes when I have a shitty day or I'm not feeling that great, it feels good to cry. I cry. I feel better. But yeah, I can't imagine like if you weren't allowed to do that. I don't think I have enough tears to fill a whole lake. I mean, we could try it. Like we could we could uh, block out your sink. And you're feeling bad and just see what happens. How big is this lake? I mean, they can land on it. So it's got to be pretty large and in charge. I mean, I, I don't know, but. Wow. Yeah, but that's fun. I mean, we can go back to what you were trying to say, because I do agree. You know, the perception, it's just it's mixed and messy on both sides. And it's harmful to people on both sides yes. because the harm, even in in careers and whatever you want to do, you know, the excuse that sometimes people will say things like, oh, she's too emotional or, oh, she's a bitch. You know, you can't be bossy because then you're a bitch. You can't be emotional because then you can't be trusted. But there's just all these anecdotes and thoughts and places where we're trying to put people in a box so that it's easier to exclude them. And I really don't like that. Yeah. And anybody should be allowed to cry, but it does feel very gendered when people say, oh, she's crazy or, oh, she's so emotional, like you were saying. It's a gendered attack and it doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel fair. I love what you just said there because I think that really sums up what we're trying to do and what we're talking about. These things that are so gendered, you know, it's so much more than just a story. It's the fact that we growing up kids even still today are hearing and seeing and being exposed to stories that are shaping who they are because they are turning into who they think they should be. 
they're not always given the opportunity to be who they want to be. I think we're seeing some really positive shifts in that direction, but it's still, it's problematic because I think of different ways that it really impacted me. And I'm happy to have this platform. I'm happy that you invited me here. I'm happy to be discussing this and um, to be a part of something that hopefully really encourages people to live their authentic, true self, because the world is just filled with stories that tell us otherwise. Well, and if you want to cry like Mindy, I'm here for it. You know, I, I support you. You cry that lake. I'm here for it. Um, but I think, you know, this idea, it, it does feel like a very gendered sort of feeling of like, a woman. Mm, I don't know that I like that. But, you know, I think this story not only talks about that, like women's roles in general, but also that it's dependent on a man falling in love with her, which like, (laughs) and again, romantic love is bullshit changed my mind, right? Like nobody's going to change my mind. The husband did it, changed my mind, right? Like it's not happening. The husband definitely did it. I also, something you were saying, it made me think of, um, I was hearing about a storytelling conference and something that I thought was really interesting. They shared how, I forget how they kind of tied it in, but it was the thought of either switching a character or switching a key anecdote in a story and thinking about how much that changes it. So I almost think it could be fun. Maybe we can kind of rewrite a version of this and maybe the father cries tears that fill the lake and and the prince is the swan yeah oh shit she's odette's going hunting watch out right like she's great with a crossbow don't fuck with her you know what i mean exactly yeah i love it and maybe she doesn't go out hunting because she has to get married maybe she goes out hunting because she's hungry or she just wants to maybe she just wants that but, you know, thing on her wall, I guess. For some people, that's a thing. Not me personally, but, you know, respect, I guess. I would, I was, okay, we've had this conversation before you and I. I don't know that I can respect someone who's out there. <laughs> yeah. Claiming all the animals mm. they can hang on their yeah, wall. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. But I just think it's very interesting that we give the man the, like, benefit of the doubt that he's here to kind of, like, you know, save this woman and like he breaks his crossbow, but he's like, I'm going to save you before I die. And then he doesn't. Can we talk about that? He doesn't actually save her. He doesn't. He like, he just directly doesn't save her. He does the opposite of saving her. He basically kills her. And then he's like, I'm gonna come too. And then he just stalks her to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's weird that we're supposed to think that's romantic. I mean, Yeah. It, but but it feels right, though, right? But in there's no consent. No. No, he's like, oh, you're jumping in. Cool, I'll come too. And she's like, oh, I, don't, I didn't really invite you to this party. But like, I guess you party of a lifetime. <laughs> From what people say about heaven, I do not know that I'm a believer in. I don't know. We'll save religion for another day. Um, I believe in something. But anyways, um, I digress. So from what we hear. That's forever. And he just, he went and joined her. She didn't ask for it. I just, yeah. It's like she was going swimming. She was like, oh, I'm going to play some Marco Polo. And he's like, great. And she's like, no, I didn't. Great. I'm here. Marco Polo, Marco. And she's like, I. But at least with Marco Polo, you can get out of the pool and leave. 
Yeah, it was a little late. She said Marco and then she kind of died. But, yeah. you know, it's interesting because he just like, he goes for it. He's well, like, cool, I'll die too. Did they say what happened to the rest of the maids? Oh, they, they were released. Sorry. Yeah, they were released. They were good. So with her dying, then they're all okay? Or mm-hmm. is it supposed, is it because he, through showing his action of killing himself, proved how much he loved her so that like broke the curse and freed them. I'm not sure that there is clarity on that point. But my feeling was because she died. That was my feeling because she died. So she was the released. main. Yeah. So basically if he had if she had never met Siegfried, they'd be great. Like she would still be fine, right? Well, she'd be a swan woman. I mean, that sounds kind of rad. I mean, think about all the miles you save. You don't even need to use your credit card. It's just like, great. I want to go to Zagreb. I'm out. Right. And like, if you're hungry and you just go like steal some breadcrumbs, nobody can go sue a swan. That's true. Not going to end up in swan swan prison. Mm -mm. Or court or swan court. It's just. Although I guess we don't know. I've never been a swan. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But you know, if you can consider this, if you become a swan, then you are uh, not as legally liable as a swan. So maybe you should consider it. Don't die though, because I wouldn't like yeah, that. Yeah, where's very that much. Rothbone guy? What's his <laughs> name? Rothbone. <laughs> RB. <laughs> Rothbart. Sorry, his name is Rothbart. Oh. Yeah. Like the T doesn't feel like, I don't know. In the story, it felt very Rothbart. How, how do you imagine he looks? I mean, he definitely looks like Pete Buttigieg. He is Pete Buttigieg, right? Like his, he's got like the the weasel kind of look going. Is that terrible? We're gonna lose all our Pete Buttigieg fans. I mean, if you look at Pete Buttigieg, he does look like a weasel. I don't know. I was imagining much more like the cheesy, sinister, like vampire for some reason. Oh. Like I am Rothbart, and like, he like shows like up a- with his black cape, his slicked back hair. Mm-hmm. But so I would say in in closing, Odette has a very serious choice to make and she makes it and it's quite dire. And I think that's kind of incredible. It feels very real. You know, like I was watching this training because uh, as an employee of the very major tech company that I work for, you have to take this like uh, awareness training, like sexual harassment training, um, which is kind of ridiculous. But I do think there's something there about women's choices and like how how you can have something put on you that you didn't do and then you have to pay the ultimate price. And there's something so sad but so real in that, like in Odette doing that, right? In paying the ultimate price for something that she isn't even, she shouldn't even be involved in. I also think it's an interesting point because where you're going with this and the fact that like the only way to solve that pain inflicted on her is to get away and to die, which she chooses, but again, is then just freaking stalked by what's his face. Like she made her choice and then he just made another one on top. And yeah, that just how powerless, even in that even in death choice. Yeah. yeah. Even in death, she's powerless. I think that feels so right, but also so wrong. Like, so right in that that feels like what would happen. 
and then so wrong and that that feels like that's what would happen right like yeah god damn it right can can she just get a break like what if she just wants to go to heaven and eat some m&ms alone watching the ballet you know i mean isn't that what she would do i don't know that it'll be would it be racist to a ballet <laughs> oh, oh ballet okay maybe a musical oh okay hamilton i haven't seen that yet <gasps> so good yeah everybody says that though yeah it's not that great it's I think they're making a movie of it. I think they should. It's very good. Well, overall, Rachel, I really liked this story. I think there's a lot here, and you've pointed out some of those great contexts. I think some of the highs for me was the anecdote that you shared about that couple and longevity of a relationship. I also um, think it's so interesting, just these stories that we are told time and time again, where I think it's almost too silence women into thinking that romance can be that surface level and that someone will just take care of you, which takes away power from women. But you know, I mean, that's what we hear in Beauty and the Beast. That's what we hear in all these stories. It's a way of telling women that, you know, just wait and your Prince Charming will come along to save you. Um, But I like to rewrite it and to know that you don't need a Prince Charming to save you. You can do it. So um, to any of you out there who needed to hear that, <laughs> just do it. You can do it on your own. You can follow us. We're um, on Instagram at Femlore Podcast. You can reach out to us if you need a little help and inspiration. Um, and, you know, I, something that you said earlier around emotion just kind of made me feel like I wanted to say this. I also think... Um, Looking at the power of therapy, if if you need to talk to an expert, do that. I think I do. Yeah. And for women, whether it's that we're trained where we're allowed to have more emotions, I also think it's more common for women to be open to therapy, but it's great for everyone. Um, yeah, because we've got a lot of messed up stuff that was trained and forced on us and taught to us and to really find your true happiness and what you want in life. And I think that's, in my opinion, what we're trying to do here is to help empower our listeners. Um, I think I always feel more empowered myself when you share these stories and we get to kind of break it down and um, maybe think about ways that we've done things differently or would do things differently. So thanks for the great story. Yeah. And Swan's going to Swan. Am I right? Swan's gonna swan. I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going. So please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland-Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland-Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!